Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Book Podcast. I'm Deidre Tyler, host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking with Leanna Kale Sparks, author of Every Missing Girl. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I am inside in the air conditioning, so I am I'm very happy right now. <laughs> Keeping cool. Yes. And I wonder if you could tell the audience a few words about yourself and how you got started on this project. Well, this is book two um, in the Kendall Beck thriller series. Uh, I started out um, as a lawyer. I am reformed now, and I write about murder and mayhem. So for for a few years, I did law. Then um, one day, I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, and I told my husband, "I don't think I want to do that anymore. I think I want to write." And he said. Okay. And that began a, a long journey of learning how to write, learning how to, you know, reading everything I could get my hands on and um, really just coming up with this concept where book one started as a short story. And then I just to see if I could actually write a mystery thriller. And I expanded that into a full novel. And then this book is just the carry on with all of the same um basic characters. Um, we have Kendall, of course, and her sidekick, Adam. So they're into um, another lost child, uh, possibly more than one lost child. Well, there is, it, there's two lost children, but then there could be some more that come in. So as the story progresses. What is Kendall's job in this book? And, you know, that's different from the last story. Well, so in this book, um, it really does center more around her job, whereas in book one, it was a little bit more personal for her because while she was an FBI agent in the first book, as she is now, it was really the hunt to find her best friend's um, killer. And in this book, it really does center more around Adam's niece goes missing and Kendall uh, works in the Crimes Against Children unit of the FBI. So this is really kind of in her um, wheelhouse, so to speak. Uh, so she, she really, this, this is really a book about her and her, what she does for a living. Um, and, but it's still a little hard because her and Adam have become friends. So she knows his niece. So it's hard for her to keep it professional when there's a personal relationship, but also she's trying to keep Adam on track because this is intensely personal for him and he's not even supposed to be involved in the investigation. So it's kind of a little bit of a flip from book one where it was uh, Kendall who, who was involved in this very personal um, investigation. And now she gets to take over and be kind of in charge of this investigation and say, okay, Adam, this is how this investigation is going to go. Tell us about the research that you had to do to get this book really on the path where it is today? Wow. Um, So I did a lot of research. Um, I was lucky enough early on in my writing career um, to um, be friends with somebody who had retired from the FBI from the, the criminal investigation side where they had started what is now known as the Crimes Against Children Unit within um, the FBI. And so 
he was able to get me in touch with um, a lot of people within the FBI. I was able to go and visit um, the headquarters and a couple of um, different uh, satellite sort of um, offices where they work with the crimes against children. And they, they basically just look, go in, they're trying to find these girls that have either been, um, well, they've all been sex trafficked in some sort of way, whether, you know, depending on, on how it works, um, you know, if it's over the internet or if it's actually, you know, actually meeting these girls in like a mall or something and taking them, or if it's a larger, um, a larger kind of grab for girls. So early on, I knew I wanted to write, I wanted to have a character that was in this unit. Um, Over time, when I started really researching this, um, I started getting involved with more law enforcement people. um, And and so I have sort of this group of of people that I I can talk to about forensics and um, specifically Colorado law enforcement. I have a few people in Colorado law enforcement that I I heavily lean on um, to make sure that I'm sticking within what happens actually in Colorado. Um, but then again, you know, you, you, you do rely a lot on Google. <laughs> um, I read a lot of books. I go to conferences um, that, that, you know, for, for specifically for authors that help with that whole um, getting things right. Um, so you learn about different things um, so that you can, you can get it right. So there's a there there was a many years of research that went into this book before it was actually written. Tell us about missing girls in Colorado. Why did you select that area specifically? So it is a follow-on. Um, I am originally from Colorado. I was born and raised there, and uh, I moved away many years ago, too many years to uh, really talk about. But I've been gone for a while, So, and I currently live in Texas after moving all over the country with my Navy husband. And so when it came down to where to set a book, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. It was it was sort of the first thing I thought of was, well, this has got to be in Colorado. And I chose Denver specifically, even though I am originally from Colorado Springs. Um, I chose Denver because since it has to do with child trafficking and um, things of that nature, I thought Denver's a great option because trafficking happens a lot in interstate travel. So you have a major interstate and I-25 going up through from uh, the south to north, north to south, and then east to west, you have I-70. So there's lots of major traffic. It's at the foothills of the mountains, so you can easily move a setting up into the mountains or keep it down in, in the city. There's just a lot of areas. But I knew that I wanted to do something in Colorado because it, it kind of – gave me a sense of home. Plus, when I go to do research, I get to go back to Colorado. And if I do um, any type of book signings in Colorado, then I get to go back for that. So it, it's sort of, it's a twofer. I get to I get to write about a state that I absolutely love. And then I get to, it, it affords me a chance to go back there as, as often as I sort of want to. Now, let's look at the other character in your book, Adam. Tell us more about him. Why is he more prevalent in this book? 
<laughs> so I really wanted to kind of get to know Adam a little bit more. He, where it, Kendall is strong and very sarcastic and sort of, you know, this larger than life character. She, she's, she's with the FBI. She does this job that really a lot of people, um, wouldn't want to do because it's really hard dealing with, you know, children who are harmed in this way. And so I think a lot of FBI agents, it takes a really big toll on them. So Adam is kind of, he's a, he's a little bit of the, he's the soft side of the, of the duo. Um, he's a big teddy bear. He, um, I, I would call him more of like the comic relief because they really do play off of each other. They have, um, they, they have a lot of uh, discussions with each other and they, they really do play off each other. I wanted that little bit of humor because it is such a heavy subject. Um, anytime you're dealing with, with, you know, murder and, and things of that nature, it can be, it, it can be heavy. Um, but especially when it deals with children, it can be, you, you don't want to weigh the reader down too much without having a little bit of um, comic relief in there so that, that there's, some levity in it and it's not just so dark. And I thought it really needed, I really needed to bring Adam in more. And so how to bring him in that would, so you could see a different, so the reader could see a different side to him. What better way than to make something extremely personal to him. So you, you see him not just be this guy that's funny, but really good at his job. You get to see this massive internal struggle of feeling like he's let his niece down feeling like um because she goes missing after a hockey game when both Kendall and Adam are there and so there's this kind of guilt feeling of how did I let this happen right under my nose um dealing with the family and and of course as things go you know you don't always know your family as well as you think you know your family so there's some secrets that come out there that really kind of rock his world a little bit um and just you know the trying to be professional trying to there's also another case going on and that's the one he's really supposed to be working on but he's got this pull of course to the his niece's case so it's hard for him to be professional and work there maintain his professional um, attitude in the search for his niece and, but still going through all this turmoil. So that's where Kendall is able to come in, in this book and kind of be his, his backup, his, his, Hey, you know, you need to let go of this and let me handle it um, sort of relationship. And I really think that, that having that, um, between the two of them, it strengthens their friendship a lot. So I, I think that, that that helps a lot. Now, Frankie, tell the audience about the character Frankie. Frankie is the daughter of Adam's brother and sister-in-law, and she is an only child. She has been brought up by her dad and her mom, but she is very much... Um, she, she she's her own self. She's she, uh, 12, 13 years old. She plays hockey. She's actually very good at it. Um, and I love hockey. So I, I was really interested in <laughs> trying to figure out how to bring uh, hockey into it. So that, that worked well. Um, she, you know, she, she's very into sports and stuff, but she also has a side of her. Um, there's a part in the book where Kendall 
is looking at a picture of her and she's, she's like, I've never seen her like this. It's her school picture. Her hair is down and she looks, you know, very like a, like a teenage girl. And, and she makes the comment of she's never really seen her in anything other than, you know, sweatshirt and her hair pulled back. So it's this, I, I love being able to show, you know, various sides to characters. Um, so, you know, Frankie is, is an only child. So her parents are very, it, it, it this is tearing them apart. Um, and in the process, it's, it can tear a couple apart. Um, so there's that whole dichotomy, but yeah, um, I, I love the character of Frankie. She's, she's very, um, she's just that cool kid that you you hope that you know if you have a daughter that that they're as well-rounded as as um frankie is but she's also going into her teen year so there's certain things that are happening at home that she's picking up on that may be affecting her also so there's a big question mark about whether she's actually missing or did she run away because of some things that are going on at home these secrets that are starting to, to become um revealed throughout the book and so that that's part of the 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 problem is they're not quite sure how to classify this case now is there some law about people not being able to investigate relatives why was adam unable to investigate the crime yeah he's it's it, it it's a I don't know if it's an actual law. Um, I think it's probably procedure in a lot of police stations that, you know, if it's a family member and there's other people that can take over the investigation, it's probably best that, you know, you you don't have that person investigating because um, they, they might tend to overlook things because he thinks he knows his brother and sister-in-law really well. Whereas Kendall can go in and ask questions and listen to the answers very subjectively, you know, and, and um, actually hear what's being said. Uh, so whereas Adam, you know, he, he may miss stuff because he's not paying attention. He thinks he already knows what's going on and he's not going to see that there's a problem. So I, I think that it's really a matter of, you know, and he gets very emotional about things. He's, you know, he's very, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. And he wants to, um, there, there's a suspect that comes up quite early and he, he loses it during the, the, um, questioning a little bit and ruins a chance to maybe, um, do a search of the the house without a search warrant, which they wouldn't be able to get. So that's where Kendall is, is like, you've got to step back and let me handle it because she, first of all, she knows what she's doing. This is hers, her in her wheelhouse, as I said. So she, she can kind of make it less personal. Um, whereas, you know, if you have somebody that it, that it is part of their family, um, I really do think they probably tend to say, yeah, no, you can't be a part of this. Um, would they ever let him do that in, in, in a police department? I don't know, but this is a book. And so you have to kind of decide what part of the story you can kind of <laughs> push the limits on, so to speak, um, just for the sake of the story. Absolutely. It makes it really interesting. 
you talk more in the book about Adam's family. So why or what are some interesting facts that you put in about Adam's family? So Adam comes from a, a family that is basically they they they're all um, he and his brothers are all involved in law enforcement in some way. His father was um, in law enforcement, and his um, he's got brother um, another brother that's in law enforcement that is not really talked about in this book. Um, but Mark is the one outlier that he decided to become um, to go into the fire department. So he's uh, he's not involved in law enforcement, and I'm happy that that you know there was a way for me to do that where. Um, you know, so I, I think it would have really muddied the waters if both Adam and Mark were in in uh, the police, because uh, that would be too hard to to kind of keep them separate. And I, I really wanted to be able to have Adam in there having that kind of a struggle. Um, so, but Adam is not married, so the closest thing he has to children is his niece. So uh, that that creates a, a bond um, between him and his and his niece. Plus, you know, he Mark is older than him, so he very much looks up to him. He has a very good, strong marriage, or so they believe. Um, you know that 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 comes into question a little bit. How you know about things that are going on? Because nobody has the perfect marriage, of course. Anybody that's been married knows that you don't have a perfect marriage. There's no such thing. So he's learning things, and and I think he's trying not to make it color his his um his outlook of what you know his his family looks like. But it is taking a bit of a beating. Tell us about Kendall's investigation of the double homicide of the of the what homicide double homicide. Oh, okay. So yeah, at the beginning, she's not really so much involved in the double homicide. Um, It just at the beginning, there is a um, double homicide that happens at a convenience store. But in in the course of that happening, there's a little girl that is is found there. And it turns out that she's been missing for a few months. Um, So that's where Kendall comes into that investigation. So she really doesn't have too much to do with the double homicide, but that is the case that Adam is supposed to be concentrating on once his um, niece goes missing. But it, it, as as I like to do, <laughs> they, there's a lot of overlap in cases because otherwise it makes it hard for me to have Kendall, you know, working with Adam. So I have to find a way to kind of weave that together. And so this little girl um, does become things that have happened to her and, and her story do kind of weave into the overall story. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yes. But can you tell the audience some of the themes of the story or the themes of the entire book that come out little by little? Well, so, I mean, there is a, as you said, there is a double um, murder investigation that that's happening um there's also the uh the where the missing girl comes in and it's starting to look like she was um being trafficked and just happened to kind of get out of this um say get be saved before anything truly 
horrible happened to her. Um, so there, there's that. And then there's this missing child case of, of Frankie where you don't really know whether it's she ran away, she was, you know, randomly kidnapped, um, why she was kidnapped, how she was kidnapped, if she was, and um, just so there's a there's a lot of really heavy themes. Plus, there's um, you know the the whole family dynamic that that's in there. So you know, trying to work within you know learning things about your family and um, not really just trying to trying to make it all work together. So there's some heavy themes in here with the with you know when I like I said whenever you have whenever you're working with children that are um being brutalized in any way um it it's it's hard to kind of read that. I never go into specifics about any of it um but I hope that I I can get across how everybody is feeling how, how, you know, it, it, how horrible it is without having to actually discuss the horrors. Well, I've taken up a lot of your time. Now we're going to ask you, what's the next project you'll be working on? So that is kind of up in the air right now. We are, uh, we're, we're, working um, some things out. So it could be another Kendall Beck book. Uh, it could be a new project. Um, right now we're just kind of, we're, we're uh, it's, it's unknown right now, but there will be something forthcoming. Um, and if you want to keep up with what that might possibly be, you can go to my website and there is a link to join my newsletter and everybody on my newsletter gets all the updated information. So that's always a good place to, uh, to get all the, the good stuff. Well, we've been talking with the author of Every Missing Girl, Leanna Kale Sparks, and you can get this book in any bookstore. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much.